things that Satan has stolen from me. And so tonight I want to talk to you about recouping what the enemy has stolen from you. And we love to sing the songs, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. And I, I was thinking about it and I was thinking, Lord, I tried to go to the enemy's camp and he beat me up and took the clothes I had on me and kicked me out of his camp. And then when I left, he had more of my stuff. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Because I'll just be really candid with you. The enemy has lately stolen my joy. He stole my peace. He's stolen uh, my, my time. Okay? And some of these things I'm going to tell you, we willingly give up to the enemy. We just say, I know you're going to beat me up, so here's my lunch money. <laughs> okay? And... Uh, I want to talk to you about someone who went to the enemy's camp and, and got back, and not just got back what he took, ran the enemy off so he wasn't taking anymore. And we're going to be in Judges chapter 7 tonight, but I'm not there yet. Judges chapter 6 and 7, <coughs> we're talking about Gideon. And when you start this chapter, Gideon's uh, in a bad place. And so is Israel, because the Midianites are coming in, and everything that... Israel has, they take it. So Israel toils and works and grows crops and Midianites come with their friends uh, when it's time to harvest and they steal every bit of it. So the Israelites are hiding. They make caves and fortresses in the mountains and they're also hungry. Okay, ever been there as a Christian? You're hiding, you're hungry, you're tired. And when an angel of the Lord comes down to Gideon, Gideon is hiding in the wine press. He's, he's threshing sheep, uh, sheep. He's threshing wheat in the wine press. And why is he in the wine press? Because it's a good place to hide. Because there are no more grapes. There's no more grapes and no more wine is being made. So the enemy won't look there. And I hope that you know that the wine is the Holy Spirit of God. And we're going to talk about that today. So Gideon's threshing wheat in the wine press to hide the enemy from the enemy. And an angel comes down and this is what he says. He says, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Gideon's like, who, me? Um, the Bible says that God speaks things that are not as though they are. And this is what happened to Gideon. He had a not-though-he-was moment with an angel. He said, look at you, tough guy. Okay? God's with you. You know what Gideon says? Gideon says, are you kidding? Read it. Read what he says. God is with us? If you're with me, why is the enemy stealing all my stuff? Okay? And this is what he says. He said, I've heard and I believe of the miracles of God. He tells the angel this. Now, can you imagine having this conversation with the angel? This is how desperate you are. You're just so terrible and desperate that you're talking back to an angel. He says, I remember the miracles that are talked about. There's no miracles here. There's no deliverance here. I'm threshing wheat in a wine press because there's no wine here. And wine is also a symbol of merriment and joy. There's no joy left in Israel. There's no food. No one's getting fed in Israel. There's no, uh, 
donkeys and camel. They come and take everything, okay? And so this answer, the answer to this was, because he says, are you kidding me? Basically, if you're with me, why is the enemy doing this? And the answer to that question really was this. The answer was because Israel had begun to sacrifice to Baal, which was the God of the Israelites, which is Satan pretty much. So they turned from worshiping God. And see, this is what they thought. And think about Gideon here. They thought they could worship Baal and receive the miracles of God at the same time. Because they forgot what Moses had told them in the law. See, this should not have been shocking to them that they were stolen from. Because it's right there. Basically, in Deuteronomy, it says this. You turn away from me, because we love this one. I am blessed going in, and I'm blessed coming out. And I'm the head, and I'm not the tail. Y'all heard this? Woo, glory to God. You know what the next verse says? The next set of verses says? If you don't keep my commandments, you are cursed in the earth. Your crops are going to die or people are going to come and steal from you. They better be glad they weren't stolen because that's really what should have been happened, captivity. So Gideon, Gideon hears this, okay? <clears throat> and he's in a rough spot here because he's the least of the least of the least of the least, right? So poor Gideon. Gideon is like many Christians that I meet today. They know who they are. Listen to what I'm going to say. I know who I am, okay? I'm Barry's wife and Darcy and Daisy's mom and David's daughter and, okay, I know who I am, right? But I'm not really sure of who I am in God. I see a lot of Christians who have an identity problem. They have a confidence issue, okay? Because here's what, now, an angel has come to him, y'all. I don't think that y'all really understand this. An angel's come to him and told him that he's going to be the deliverer of Israel. And he's like, okay, I know what you said. But just to make sure, I don't, just to make sure. And so Gideon begins to give God a series of tests that he wants him to do. It's, we a lot of times say, we're going to put a fleece out. Well, you got that from... Gideon here who, who tests God. And I'm not going to go into all that Gideon does because he's not sure of the promise, but I want to tell you this. If you're to recoup what the thief has stolen from you, and I promise you that your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion coming about, seeking whom he may devour. And, and Jesus said he comes but not to kill and steal and destroy you. I promise you there's something in your life that if he hasn't taken it, he has his eye on it. And if he could take your joy and your time and your peace and your hope and your compassion and your love and your will to do right and your hunger and your thirst for righteousness, if he can make you feel alone like you are threshing wheat in a wine press and hiding, I promise you if he can, he will. But if you're to recoup what the thief has stolen from you, if you want to go down to the enemy's camp, if you want victory in your life, you're going to have to have faith. 
in God, in his promise, in who he is, and who you are in him. Gideon had no idea. This is a long time ago, and I'll tell you, this is a funny story. My old boss, who was my favorite boss I ever had, he was Catholic. I'm like, where are my Catholics at? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I need not to win later. Uh, but <clears throat> he was a hungry Catholic, and, uh, and he, he was always trying to tell me about my potential. And so one day he came to me and he said, okay. I don't normally do this, but I found this tape, and I just, I just thought of you when I, when, I, when I found the tape, and I want you to listen to this because I really feel like it's going to do something good for you. And it was a Joel Osteen tape. And the, and the message was, there's a treasure inside you, friend. There's a treasure inside you. And I thought it was so funny, but when I listened to it, now I'm not a big Joel Osteen fan, you all know that. But when I listened to it, I thought, he never really talked about Jesus. I don't know what the treasure... I can't figure out what Joel thinks the treasure is. I know the treasure is Jesus. My boss thought the treasure was, you know, my talent or ability or whatever. Uh, but <laughs> when I thought about it and when I listened to that, I thought, you know what? If the Christian church would get the idea that there is a treasure inside you, the potential inside you is limitless because his name is Jesus and he's already conquered death, hell, the grave, sickness. He has overcome all of it, that we would be victorious. That is the treasure inside of you. See, I don't live anymore. Christ lives in me. If Jessica lives, she's depressed and full of hopelessness and worry and anxiety. If you're dealing with worry and anxiety here today, Satan has stolen peace from you. He has stolen sleep from you. He has stolen time from you. And those of you who have children or about to have children, he is stealing your time with your children. Because how many minutes and hours have I wasted worrying about something where my mind was far away from my beautiful children's faces? And now Satan has stolen that and I can't get that time back. How much more time, Christian, will we waste on the things of this world? How much more time will we waste blaming God for what is our fault? So God sends Gideon down to the Midianites' camp where he hears a dream. And this is our first scripture, Judges chapter 7, verses 9 through 11. This is funny. This is us. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him. So he's already gone through like, okay, Lord, here's the fleece. Okay, you did the fleece. Let's do the fleece another way. I just want to make sure. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp. This is the Midianites' camp. For I've delivered it into your hand. Woo, glory. But if you're afraid to go down... This is a big army, y'all. Go down to the... It said it was like a swarm of locusts. There were so many of them. Go down to the camp with Pura, your servant. I don't know if you said that way. And you shall hear what they say. And afterward, your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Pura, his servant, to the outposts of the army who were in the camp. So what does this verse tell you? You ever seen like a comedian that's like... You know, my wife said, I'm not going to go down there. And I was like, well, you don't tell me what to do. So I was going down there and, you know, whatever. Uh, this is what happened in here. He's like, look, you need to go down to this camp. But if you're scared, take your servant with you. And then the next verse is like, so Gideon took his servant with him. <laughs> okay, Gideon's scared. Okay, he was afraid. Uh, he, he was afraid. And you'd think like, if I had an angel come to me and tell me I was a mighty man of valor and then I put out all these tests for God and then God did all of them, that I wouldn't be, I ain't scared. I'm going to go down there and take some millions. You wouldn't. 
Gideon didn't. You wouldn't. And it's because there's something in us. It's Gideon still hasn't caught the vision, right? He still doesn't get it. That it's not about Gideon, the least of the least of the least of the least. It's about God, the mightiest of the mightiest of the mightiest of the mightiest. And who are you to tell God who to pick? If God picks you to do something, Zach, who are you to tell God you're not the person for the job? Maybe he's picking you to show you it ain't about you. That's what he does. So Gideon's still scared. It's a scary thing. Your enemy's not a joke, by the way. Your enemy isn't a joke. And he's not joking with you. And he has a mighty army. He does. I'm not trying to scare you. Listen to what I'm saying, Christian. Your enemy has a mighty army with him. He's got forces. They're dark and they're disturbing. Get on the internet for five minutes. He has a, he has a lot of domain there. That was a pun. He does, though. Okay? It's real. It's a real kingdom of darkness. And you, though, have been translated into the kingdom of light. Okay? Darkness can't overcome light. Ever. And so Gideon's scared. And you, you know, you should not uh, go at the enemy with some kind of idea in your head that, that he's, you know, I've heard people say, he's a toothless lion. Well, that ain't what it says, friend. That's not what it says. And, and half of the church is playing with him. They're making deals with him. And I've made deals with the devil too. Y'all listen to me. Some of you have seriously strong callings on your life and it's terrifying. So listen to what I'm going to tell you. I've played with the devil before. And I've told him, I'll be lukewarm if you'll leave me alone. I won't step into that. Because I'm scared. If you'll just leave me alone, leave my children alone, leave my family alone. Because it's a scary place. I'm going to tell you what, Gideon did have a target on him. Because listen to what it says. <clears throat> he hears an unusual dream when he goes to the Midianites camp. JT, put the Judges 7, 13 through 15. We're going to read tonight because I'm a teacher and we read. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. Now this is the Midianites camp. This is the enemy's camp. He said, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. And it came to a tent and it struck it so that it fell, overturn, uh, fell and overturned and the tent collapsed. And then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. And to his hand, God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. Wait, stop right there. Go back. The sword of Gideon? Gideon ain't done nothing. Has Gideon fought one battle up until now? No. Read the scripture. The only thing Gideon does that's of word, note is that he takes down a statue of Baal and he burns it and he makes offerings to God on that at night because he's scared of everybody seeing him do it. And everybody wakes up in the morning and they say, Who burned our Baal? And everybody's like, it was Gideon. <laughs> Gideon doesn't have a sword. Gideon's threshing wheat. So where did this come from? Let me tell you something. The enemy knows who you are. He knows who you are. 
if you're chosen by God and God is with you and his hand is on you, even if you don't know it, the enemy knows it. This is the enemy's camp. No one had ever been killed with the sword of Gideon. Up until this point, Gideon had never carried a sword. But look what it says. Into his hand, God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. And go to the next verse, JT. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped. If you got a Bible underline that. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Man, he didn't believe it until he heard it from the enemy. <laughs> he didn't even believe it until he heard it from the enemy. Isn't that how we are? Let me tell you something. Yes, the enemy knows your name especially if your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life, especially if God has his hand on you, especially if he has a work for you, especially if he has a touch for you, especially if he's stolen a lot from you. But he knows something you don't know sometimes is that it's God's time. It's God's timing. You're God's child. He can steal something from you, but you're always going to recoup it. And the Bible, I'm getting ahead of myself. I won't go there right now, but I'm ready, Okay. Some of you feel like the least of the least. You have no idea the precious promises that are available to you. And the enemy knows more about your potential than you do. That's why he tries to keep you down and depressed and joyless and looking at all the stuff going on in the church. And I'm talking small C here, Jessica. Who cares? Someone told me that yesterday. Dad, thank you. Who cares? You're going to let the enemy steal your joy because of a paint color? I'm not. I got bigger fish to fry than that. So do you, by the way. I don't care what they do. I, I, I don't care if they gut this place and we run around on a concrete floor. It won't matter one bit what this place looks like. If it's full of a bunch of dead, defeated Gideons threshing wheat in the wine press and there's no more wine. Get your eyes off of it, man. The enemy knows more about your potential than you do. That was all for that point. Here's a side note. What did Gideon do? What is the first thing he did when he heard this dream? He was like, oh, yes. And he worshipped. He worshipped. It says he worshipped when he heard that. Because let me tell you about entering the camp. I'm getting there. I know you're talking about the camp. I'm going to tell you how to go to the enemy's camp. I'm about to tell you. Here's the hint. The first thing that you have to do, other than knowing who you are and whose you are, is worship. If you're in a place right now where you're hiding in the wine press and you've had things taken from you and you don't know how to return, you're asking like, Return to me the joy of my salvation and my sanity or whatever the enemy stolen from you, the first thing that you need to do is worship. Lord, I thank you. I'm confident in this victory. He was so confident that he went back to his army. Okay? And he told them, okay, I'm confident enough to tell you now that God's delivered us. God's delivered us by my sword that I've never used. Okay? I'm now the mighty man of valor. But before you go in, you have to praise. The first thing that you need to do to enter the enemy's camp is, is get your praise back on. 
because I find that when I am feeling but joyless and I don't and I have anxiety and I have depression or whatever else is going on, I don't have enough time to do there's never enough time to do everything. The last thing on my mind is worship. Too busy thinking about me. So put it up. Second Chronicles twenty twenty two. This is a precedent in the Bible, people, not president. Now, when they begin to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes. Woo! Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Against the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. And they were defeated. I'm going to tell you another precedent in the Bible, too. Ooh, I'm spoiling the story. But these people started killing themselves. Nobody had to kill one person. They turned on each other. Praise God. Put confusion in the enemy's camp, Lord. Okay? This is going to be a theme. Praise is going to turn them on each other. Satan don't know what to do with it. Satan don't know what to do when you start praising God. No, no, no. No, no, no. You got 50 million kids in your house and it's crazy. You're not supposed to be praising God. You're supposed to be all in a tizzy. Right? No, no, no. Your kid's sick. You're not supposed to be praising God. No. Your family's all messed up. You're not supposed to be praising God. You don't have a wife yet. You're not supposed to be praising God. Or you got a wife. And God help, you're not supposed to be praising God. <laughs> Come on now, what does Satan tell you? You're supposed to be filing for divorce. You're not supposed to be praising God, right? You're supposed to be so worried about what clinic you're going to put your you know, drug addict kid in. You're not supposed to be tra- praising God. No, mess him up. Mess his brain up. Woo, my kids had the stomach flu. Praise God anyways. Come on now. I'm serious. Y'all think I'm playing? I'm not. I got it in my soul. I felt it. The Lord just showed it to me right there. I was sick with the stomach bug too and everybody's in the bathroom and I'm on my knees right there, sick as a dog. And And the Lord is speaking to me that I've been stolen from and I don't even care. I don't even care anymore. And he took everything that God has given me that Jesus died to give me. And I don't even care anymore that I'm an unhappy Christian. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I'm an unhappy Christian. That's an oxymoron, y'all. Satan has come and stolen from the church, Big C. We're like, oh, I guess I'll go hide in the wine press. Think about when we used to have wine. When we used to have the anointing flowing through us. You can't even help anybody when you're hiding in the wine press, y'all. Who am I going to help? I need somebody to help me, Lord. And just lift your hands and say, Lord, I got to go back to the enemy's camp so I can get my mind back on you. I got to go get my stuff back, Lord, for my children, for my church, for the lost. The first thing you need to do is praise God. Sorry, I told you, I'm not, I'm just, it's going to be unusual tonight. So just get, you know, get ready. Then Gideon hatches an unusual plan. He hears an unusual dream and he hatches an unusual plan. Judges, JT, I'm sorry. Am I just now turning on or something? Judges chapter 7, 16 through 22. And he divides the 300 men, and I'm not going to go into how he got to 300, but God said there's too many. If there's too many of you, 
you'll, you'll count yourself for the victory. That's how humans are, by the way. You'll say you did it. He divided the 300 men. Let me just say one more thing about that. Sometimes it's just you and God. Sometimes there's no one else that can help you. I'm not saying don't get help. I'm not saying we don't support each other. But there are these special times sometimes where it's like, I need to talk to you is what he's saying. You don't need to talk to somebody else. I need to talk to you. And he found Gideon alone. If you're never alone, the Lord can't talk to you alone. And the mamas in the room said, amen. (laughs) If you got to get up at one in the morning and go sit in your minivan and pray, do it. Do it. He needs to talk to you. So he divided the 300 men into three companies and he put a trumpet into one man's hand, uh, into every man's hand and an empty pitcher and a, with a torch inside the pitchers. Keep going, JT. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. I need my phone, by the way. I'm about to have to read something off of it. Watch. And when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. Sorry, I know I'm unusual. When I blow the trumpet... I and all who are with me, then you will also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Who never killed anybody? Keep going. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch. And they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers with their hands. I had a picture of this. I should have showed you. Then the three companies blew the uh, trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands. And they held the trumpets, which is a shofar, in their right hand for blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp. And the whole army ran and cried out and fled. With the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man, this is in Midian's camp, against his companion throughout the whole camp. Praise God. And the army fled Uh, toward wherever. It doesn't matter. They're gone. They killed each other and they got out of there. Praise the Lord. What an unusual plan. So if you didn't get what the what is what I wrote down. (laughs) What the what? What? What did he do? Everybody got a shofar, which is a ram's horn. It's a trumpet. It makes a trumpeting sound. And they got a clay pot that's going to have a torch inside of it. Okay. So the first thing that you need to do before you go to the enemy's camp is you got to get praise. Got to get your praise on. The second thing they do is blow the, cor- blow the trumpet. Whew, y'all about to get some message about the trumpet. This is what it says. I'm going to tell you about the shofar just a second. This is a corporate act of praise. Okay. So a shofar was for a lot of things. It's blown at celebrations. It's, bl- it's blown to praise. It's blown in battle. It's blown at the year of Jubilee. Lord, I could speak on that for a long time. But this is what, this is what one rabbi says about the shofar. Listen to this. It comes from an animal. It makes the same sound that was heard on the top of Mount Sinai when God addressed the people. Music can be celebratory, but the sound of the shofar is more than just a sound of jubilation. Listen, it's the sound of the presence of God and the sound we use to cry out to God. When we need God's intervention. Let me tell you what they did first. They praised God. Gideon praised God. And then they blew this trumpet. The sound of the presence of God. It was a cry for intervention. It's to let the enemy know, guess what? He's here. And it's to let God know, I need you here. 
Some of you need an intervention. Some of you need to get your shofar out and blow it. Now, now Dr. K has a real shofar. And I'm speaking spiritually. You want to blow the shofar in your house, go for it. If I had one right now, I'd probably blow it all over the sanctuary. But <clears throat> your first step in heading toward the enemy for your stuff is heading toward the presence of God with your shofar in your hand. And you're loudly proclaiming, God, I need you. And devil, he's coming with me. Hallelujah. Praise God. It, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to read it again. Y'all aren't getting this. This is what the shofar does. Listen to me. It's not just a celebration. It says this. It says, it's the sound of the presence of God. How long has it been, Christian? How long has it been since you felt the presence of God in your life? If it's in a while, you got to get your shofar out and get to blowing. And you know what that blowing, that, that sound, when God hears that sound, you know what he hears? My children need my help. They need my help. I'm coming. You don't got to fight the battle alone. I'm coming. I'm going to help you get your stuff back. I'm going to help you get your joy back. I'm going to help you get your marriage back. I'm going to help you get your peace back. I'm going to help you get your finances back in order so you don't have to worry about that all the time. I'm coming. You know what Satan hears? A loud proclamation that it's time, it's time is over. Praise God. When that final shofar blows, his time is done. Now, he'll have a little fun on this earth for a while. But it means that the saints are going home and he won't touch us ever again. The sound we used to cry out for God's intervention. I'm telling you this. You need to ask for help from the Lord. It says, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Shofar. Wish I had the sound. I should have told you to bring it tonight, Dr. K. I'm sorry. I didn't know you'd be in here. And the next thing they did, and this is the hard part, y'all. That's the fun part. The praise is easy. Once you start getting back into praising the Lord, it's easy because he's good. Asking for help sometimes seems hard, but saying, God, I need help. How hard is that? God, I need help. That's not hard. The next part is easy. They broke the empty pitcher, which was like a clay pot. This was a vessel that was made to be broken. And if you can't be broken... You'll never subdue the enemy. The next piece of this puzzle is not just praise and then intervention. It's brokenness. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says this, We have these treasures in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are jars of clay, not, not the band. The sacrifices of God, it says, are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, will you not despise. And this is, this is what was wrong with Israel. They were content being stolen from. And they were accusatory toward God. Like, you let my stuff be stolen. What? No, no, no. He, he says it very clearly in his word what you needed to do not to have your stuff stolen. Guys, you can't have your foot in the world and your foot with the cross. It's not possible. Okay? You got to let God break you. You got to show your... Uh, <clears throat> you got pride in your life. You got to let God show it to you. You got to break your own will. You can't do what you want to do. And I know this sounds crazy, but if, you're, if you have a crazy mind like mine, like, I want to worry. If someone tries to stop me from worrying, it's like, stop 
stopping me from worrying. This is what I do. I want to Google every disease I could have so I could worry about it. Okay? That sounds crazy to someone who's not crazy. But listen, I'm serious. And mine's funny. Like, mine's funny. Because, like, that is funny until it's you and then you're just worried all the time. And then God has to be like, hey, you've let the devil steal your whole life with worry and your health with worry and your time with worry. But let me just tell you this. This is what Matthew 21, 44 says. Let's read this. I know I got a lot of scripture tonight, y'all, but, you know, that's why we're here. To learn about the Bible. And whoever falls on this stone, talking about the cornerstone, Jesus, will be broken. But on whomever it falls, it will grind into powder. This basically says, whoever throws himself on the mercy of Christ will be broken and made contrite, and then God can come in and he can do. He can do. If you're not broken, if your will's not broken, God can't work in that, in that prideful environment. It says, this is what Israel should have done. In humility, repented of their idolatry and just admitted their sin. Y'all worry is a sin. I hate it. I wish it wasn't. I almost think I enjoy it. I hate that worry is a sin. Sometimes I worry that I worry too much because worrying is a sin and my sins worry me. You ever been there? You ever been so wrapped up in worry that you like that? Um, you know, pray for me, please, people. Uh, <laughs> but it is. Wor- things like worry, it's a sin. I'm, I, it's not a fault of mine. It's a sin of mine because it means that I don't trust God. And then if I don't have faith in God, I can't please him. That's what the Bible says. I can't please him. It's like impossible for me to please him because I'm always worried about what he can't do for me. So there was a light in this vessel, and I don't know, this guy got a heavy Bible or something. (laughs) There was a light in this vessel, and let me just tell you something. Light will never shine through vessels that aren't broken. You want to reach the lost? You got to break your pride. You can't do it. And you know what? Even if you could and you win souls, your pride will turn them away from the cross. You can't shine. You can't shine unless you're broken. And so this is the next step to get into the enemy's camp is the torch. This is a fire. The torch is, this is what Dake said, that the torch would have smoldered inside the pitcher. Listen, think of this. This is super cool. Okay, you got this like clay pot with this kind of torch fire in it. And it would be smoldering in the pot until the pot was broken. And when it was broken, the flame would burst open. Almost, I guess, I don't know, some sciencey person exposed to oxygen or something. I don't know. Thank you, Barry nodded at me, so I get it. Um, <clears throat> I'm more words than science. But so it would have, when you break the pitcher, it's like a burst of light would have come forth. It would have been magic burst of power and light and this is the Holy Spirit y'all this is the Holy Spirit he's a fire do you want the fire of God you want the power of God Woo! I want the fire sister come put your hands on me and get the fire can't not broken 
I want the fire. I want the fire here. You want, you want a river, I want fire. I think they can coexist. We're talking about the same thing, aren't we? That's right. There's a song you say, what kind of power are you talking about? It's that latter rain that is being poured out. Joel prophesied of its power can do, and it's for you, and it's for your children, and their children too. And it'll break the chain of bondage and set you free and make you walk in joy and give you liberty. And you'll never be the same once they poured out the latter rain. You need to sing that Sunday. That's what the song says. It's the power of God. Woo, glory, we need it. Who needs it? Me, I need it. Come on, who needs it? You need it if you want your stuff back, if you want your joy back, if you want your peace back, if you want your power back. You need it. You need it. Maddie needs it. She's going to need it in the days to come. We're laughing about that, but she is. And so are you, even if you don't have children or twins. Let me tell you something. There's nothing that you can do for the kingdom of God without the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm sick of living without it. Satan has stolen that from me. And he's not going to steal it from my children. He's not going to steal my Pentecostal heritage from my children. My dad says he prays for my children to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I do too. Tabitha told me today that there were children that are from our church baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues at camp. And praise God for it. Get them in here Sunday morning and lay some hands on these poor people hiding in their wine presses. Get a little fire in them. I want the Holy Ghost. I want Him to use me. I want Him to use you. I want Him to mess up this church. I want Him to mess up your life. I want Him to mess up your time. I want Him to mess up everything about us. I'm so sick of living in the wine press. I'm so sick of living like a defeated Christian. I am so sick of it. I can't tell you. I look in the mirror and I think I hate myself. No, I hate what I have become because I've let the enemy come in and take what is mine through the blood of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Ghost. And let's go get it back. Let's go. I'm ready. I felt like Drew right then. Let's go. He always used to say that. Let's go. Come on. I need it, Amy. I need it. I can't do anything without it. I can't teach. I can't do it. I can't look at them every day. There's something rough going on 10 minutes down the road from here, y'all. It's rough. You think you have a rough life. I'll tell you, I can tell you two stories right now and every one of you would repent for ever saying something bad happened in your life. I can't teach my own children without the Holy Spirit to live godly in this present ungodly age is what the Bible says. That's rough. Where's where's our unashamedness? You have the answer. You have the answer. But I'm going to tell you what the power of the Holy Spirit would do. I want to tell you this, what the Holy Spirit will do for you. He will make you unashamed. It won't matter. You, if you break your vessel and that light burst out, it won't matter. You couldn't contain it if you wanted to. If you're full of the Holy Spirit, you can't contain it if you want to. People see you and they know. There are people who's witness, who's, the Bible says their spirit will bear witness with your spirit. You ever met somebody you call kindred spirits? If you're full of the Holy Ghost and I'm full of the Holy Ghost, it's the same Holy Ghost. The Bible says it's the same one. 
We got the same Holy Ghost working in us. We got the same light shining in us. Y'all, we should be taking ground. We're too busy worried about ourselves and our problems. Like I told you before, I promise you they're not problems. They're light. They're light. Maybe you aren't obedient. Let me, say, so let me tell you what this, this clay plot does. And these two go hand in hand. I'm still talking about the torch. I'm still talking about the Holy Spirit. Don't lose me because I'm not jumping around acting crazy. But this clay pot, it, it basically dampens or smolders that fire that's in that torch, right? And as long as you're living for you, you're doing what the Bible calls quenching the Holy Spirit. And it actually says this. Quench not the spirit. That's the verse. Quench not the spirit. Don't dampen the Holy Spirit. Let him do what he does. Break that pot open. Break that pride open. Expose that sin in your life. Expose that way in you that is, that is not pleasing to God. I told you before, I cannot please God if I don't have faith. That's what the Bible says, not me. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. I can't please God if I'm walking in my own ways, in my own light. That's what's wrong with the world. You know, I just, that's not the Jesus that I serve. You don't even know Jesus, honey. If he walked in front of you, you wouldn't know who he is. You don't get to pick what Jesus you serve. There is one. He's the risen Savior. He's coming back. He's going to have names written on his thighs. Woo, glory. He's going to have a name on his hand. He's going to give you a new name that only you and him know. It's going to be amazing. He is not some kind of hippie socialist smoking dope. I'm sorry, excuse me, but he's not. That's not who he is. But there's another song. It says, let me tell you who Jesus is. He's the rock of all ages. He's the alpha and omega. He's the heavenly father. Come on. Y'all need to get some old, I'm going to get y'all old music CD. Y'all just can get some Holy Ghost music in your car. Maybe you'll feel what I feel. Or maybe you'll get the stomach virus and the Lord will get a hold of you and you'll feel what I feel. Whatever it takes, Lord, whatever it takes. My God, if I could set some of y'all free tonight, I would, but I can't. But I know who can. The Holy Ghost can. Let me tell you about the camp. I'm almost finished, I promise. Okay, y'all gave me too much time. I'm just, whoo. You can't take the enemy's camp without walking in the light. Without the fire of the Holy Ghost. You got to praise. You got to blow that trumpet that says, guess what? I'm coming for you, and it's not me. He's coming with me because I ask him for help with my trumpet blow. You got to break yourself. You got to break, break that pride, break that sin. Let that light burst forth. Get the power of the Holy Ghost back in your life. Not the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. That's what old people say. It's the Holy Ghost. I mean it. And number five, you can't intervene, but you must fight. Listen to what I'm saying. I know the old people are done. Not supposed to call them old people. But probably all of them are older than me. So here we go. Y'all aren't. I'm older than some of y'all. So here we go. You can't intervene, but you got to fight. Listen to what I'm saying. JT put uh, Judges chapter 7 back up. It's 22 through 23. It says, When the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set out every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. So the, who turned the swords on every man? The Lord. And the army fled. Go to the next one. 
And the men of Israel gathered together from Naphtali to Asher and all of Manasseh and pursued the Midianites. Listen to me. Don't settle for small victories. Because every man in that camp didn't kill himself. Many, many fled. Finished the work. The Lord does the work. Listen to what I'm saying. The Lord turned the swords on them. But they still had to fight. You know when you're finished fighting as a Christian? When the trump sounds or when your breath leaves your body. That's it. You know how you, how you eventually are victorious? Is you finish. And we only finish when we die or if we're called home. You got to keep fighting. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. I promise I'm almost finished. I didn't give you that, JT. Let me just read it. It says, thanks be to God. Woo! who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul, he went finished. Second Corinthians, he says, Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Always. He said it twice. He said, Corinthians aren't getting it. Evangel ain't getting it. There's victory to be had here tonight. If you got something going on with you, he said, there's victory in Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Maddie, come on, walk down here. I just feel like there's something for you tonight. I don't care. I don't know if I have the authority to call an altar call, but I'm probably about to. So here, here just get, everybody get ready. Um, if you don't like women doing it, I don't care. I don't, go talk to somebody else. I don't get paid around here. <laughs> Let me just tell you this. <clears throat> there's victory for you tonight. You don't have to live like you live right now. In fact, if you're living right now and you got any kind of anything I talked about tonight, pride, anger, depression, uh, hopelessness, my Lord, Jesus is our hope, the blessed hope he's called, any of it, you need to run down here. You need to come on down. I mean it now. Like if you got any of that, you need to come on down. I don't care if there's music or not. The Holy Ghost don't need music. There was no music. You need to come on down. Because tonight there is always victory in Christ Jesus. And we need to pray for each other. The Holy Ghost is here. And Lucas, if y'all want to sing or something, go for it.